Evening, church. If you guys don't know me, my name's Vindo or Dexter, whatever you guys want to call me, and I am the executive pastor of Oikos Church. And it's it's just so good tonight to see so many people just packing out our church. Um, if you if you are new here, we we welcome you. Like I don't know how you guys got here. Maybe one of our Oikos members baited you or cheated you or tricked you into coming here. And I confess to you, I told them to do it. So, so Oikos members, if you invited a friend tonight, I want you to give yourself a pat on the back. Pat yourself on the back. Yeah, okay. I hear some people patting themselves. I invited people. Yeah, I'm, pat, I'm patting myself. Um, YM guys, we know that you are here and we love every time you guys come here. We want to honor that. And if you are a neighbor around the Brentwood area, we want to honor you too. Like, and we want to welcome you. This is, can also be your home as well. And, and we love you. Oikos Church, we love the neighborhood here. Um, don't we, church? Yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> okay, I, I love Christmas. And one of the things that I love about Christmas is, yes, the food, the lights, the... The, the, the decoration, but one of the things that I most like about Christmas is gifts. Who here likes gifts? Yeah, everyone likes gifts. And I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes when I open and unwrap a gift, some gifts, I'm like, wow, that's everything I ever wanted. And I'm start kissing the gift and I'm like celebrating. Yes, yes, it's an iPad. <laughs> and then other gifts I unwrap and... um. Look at it. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. Oh. But really inside my head, I'm saying, what is this? What is, how do you even use this? Like, why do you give me this? Can I re-gift this to someone? I don't know if that's happened to you. And, and sometimes with gifts, initially, sometimes we get a huge kick out of the gifts that we open up. It may be a huge surprise to us, like the latest gadget. Now, one of the best gifts I ever received was, was an iPad. Now, when I first got this, I was like, yeah, yeah, I can do so much reading. I can use it for my sermon. I never used it for a sermon. Um, I, I can watch YouTube. I can go to Facebook. But then the, the app Pokemon Go came out. And I used it for Pokemon Go. I'm like, man, this is such a good gift. It's the best gift ever. But like all gadgets, they become obsolete. They become old within time. Within time, there is destruction of your technology. And so what happened this year was Pokemon Go decided that they won't support this device no more. <laughs> now, because of that, I can't catch them all and I'm gutted and I need therapy. And tonight I want to talk about the greatest gift, the greatest gift, a gift that is useful to you right now, but a gift that will also last forever. Now, before there was any gift under a tree, I want to talk about the gifts that died upon the tree. And for those of you who call yourselves Christian tonight, I really hope that tonight you come out of these doors encouraged. For those of you who, who are just trying to figure out, is this all true? Is there a God that really loves me? I really hope that as you walk out those doors, that you'll give it a second thought, that you'll reconsider if He is true or not. I really do wish and hope that you do feel the love of God tonight. That's my prayer for you. Now, what we're going to look at moments now, we're going to turn to the Word of God. 
Now, if you have your Bibles with you, would you turn with me to John 3, 16? Now, a lot of you I know would memorize this passage, but I hope it hasn't become so boring and I hope that you have not become so numb to it. Because this isn't Christianity 101, no, no. If you think this is Christianity 101, this is only for rookies and for beginners, then you're on thin ice. Our whole faith could hinge around this passage. It is the gospel. So if you have your Bibles with me, turn with me to John 3.16. If you don't have a Bible, it's okay. It's going to be up on the screen the whole time, so you won't miss it. John 3.16, it says this. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. I want to title my talk, The Greatest Gift. Now, what normally determines a great gift? Let's say, for instance, I give you a random keychain. Now, is this a good gift or a terrible gift? Usually, you ask three things. Who gave the gift? Who received the gift? And what was the cost of the gift? Three things. I want to prove to you how this is the greatest gift. But before we do so, would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just pray. We pray for your Holy Spirit to come and to show us how great this gift is. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So what determines a great gift? First off, you ask, who gave it? Who gave it? Now, is it not true? This is super important because of who the giver is. Let's say a gift came from a person whom you like. That boy or that girl whom you have a crush on and they give you this gift Oh, you cherish it, don't you? Oh, you will start blushing. You will start walking home with a skip and a pump within your step. It's really important who gives you the gift. It's who. Now, let's say a person gave you a gift and you really don't like that person. Now, that person always pushes your buttons, gets on your nerves, annoys you. In other words, you view them as an enemy. Now, even if they give you a valuable gift... Is it not true that you have suspicions of them? Hmm, I've heard of the Trojan horse before. What are they up to? And so, of course, the gift is not going to be important to you. And again, if someone gives you a gift and you don't like that person, it can't be the greatest gift to you. Before I met my wife, um, before she was my wife, me and Demi was talking and and. No girls chased after me. I told her that. And I asked her, how many guys chased after you? And there was heaps of them. I was getting really insecure. And there was this one particular guy that, that gave Demi a Tiffany & Co necklace. Now that's high end. And, and I, I dug into his background and he came from a multi-millionaire family. Now, if you watch Crazy Rich Asian, it's, it's like that. Insecurity setting in, and I'm like, oh boy, so what did you do with that necklace? And she said something along these lines I give it back to him because he wasn't you. And I'm like, 
She gave it back to him the next day. Why? Even though it's valuable, even though it's costly, even though it's Tiffany and Co. necklace, if you don't like the person, she, she just doesn't want to lead him on. She accepted my ring. <laughs> the person that gives you the gifts is important. How important is the gift is dependent on the giver. Now, let's say someone famous gives you something. Now, what is this here? This is a tennis ball, ordinary tennis ball. But what if I told you that this belongs to Roger Federer? He used this ball to win his last point and won him the Australian Opens against Rafael Nadal. And it has his signature on it. Would you want this? Yeah. Yeah. But it's not. It's just a normal tennis ball. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up. It's just a normal tennis ball. But you see, whoever it first belonged to increases its value dramatically. The giver is very important to the greatest gift. So let's say if Queen Elizabeth, she's at Oikos Church. She does this to you guys. And if she gives you something, it could be anything. Wouldn't you frame that up? Wouldn't you keep that, that item? And wouldn't you make it one of your family heirlooms? If the Queen of England gave you something. Now tonight, I want to talk about the God of the universe, the King of all kings, Lord of all lords, giving you all something. Tonight, I want you to understand that the Bible says, for God, for God so loved the world that He gave. God is the giver here to the greatest gift. He is the giver. The Bible talks about how God is the creator God. He is the alpha. He is the omega. And the Bible also depicts God of a good father who gives good gifts. Now, I don't want you to view God as a distant type of deity that you have to try to reach out to Him, that, that He's far away. No, no, no. I want to talk to you tonight, showing you a, a side of God that, no, He is your Father, a good Father who loves you, who wants to be close to you. Now, if you look, if you come, you can look at it later. This iPad, if you look at it closely, there's cracks everywhere. I dropped it. <laughs> Things are fragile these days. And I got this iPad on my 21st birthday, 2011. It's been with me for seven to eight years. It's an old, ancient thing. It's been with me for seven, eight years, and I know one day, sadly, that it will stop working. But why is this gift so important to me? Why did I view it as the best gift? Why? Because my dad gave it to me. My dad gave it to me. Growing up in a, you know, poor family, giving, him giving me that from my dad, it's important. I would never, I, I don't think I can ever throw this thing away. It's important. So first, I talked about why is this the greater gift? Why is this the greatest gift? First, it's, it's who gave it. And secondly, you have to, have to ask, who received it? Now, let's say my brother received this gift. Receive the iPad and not me. I'll be like, huh, good for him. 
means nothing to me if I wasn't the receiver, right? So you hear about people who get new houses, new cars, new bikes, new, the latest iPhone, uh, the, I, I don't know, new socks. If you aren't the receiver, means nothing to you. But tonight I want to talk about who is the receiver. Receiver. <laughs> receiver. You are. You are the receiver. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave. Now the world, that's you. You are included in this, the world. And now I want to look about, okay, so the receiver. The giver and the receiver. What was the giver's motive? It says, he so loved. He so loved you. This is his motive. He so loved you that he gave you. Now this love, it's agape love. This is unconditional love. This is incomparable type of love. In Ephesians 1 verse 4, the Bible says this, For He chose us in Him before creation, before the world, to be holy and blameless before His sight in love. In other words, what this verse is talking about is He loves you even before you were created. You are the objects of this gift. You are the receiver of this gift. Now, We talked about who's the giver, who's the receiver, and the motive of the giver to the receiver. Now, I want to talk about how is this good for the receiver? Is it something he just wants, or is it just something that he or she needs? Yesterday, I was uh, at a breakfast, at a little work party sort of thing, and we were doing Secret Santa. And... I see people just unwrapping, like we roll the dice and then we, we pick the presents and everyone's just unwrapping. And I'm, so, I'm seeing all these useful gifts come out. There was this, this bottle, this glass bottle that's, that can keep your water cold or hot, this little thermal thing. And, and the, the aim was to buy something $20 and no more, no less, no more, something $20. And another thing that I saw unwrapped was this, this chair, this fold-up chair. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And then I saw this really absorbent towel. I'm like, oh man, that's awesome. And then my friend Simon, he picks his present. It's the smallest one out of the lot. And he opens up his present and he got this. All right, this is a lightning cable for Apple products. The moment that he opened this, I was like, man, that's $29. That the buyer cheated. <laughs> you, meant, you meant to keep it at $20. That's $29. But the moment that Simon opened this, everyone on our table laughed. We laughed at him. Why? Because Simon doesn't own any Apple products. He's with Samsung, Android. <laughs> so you see this gift, even though it may be the most expensive gifts on the table, It had no use to him. So I traded him because I have an iPad. (laughs) What determines a great gift is also its usefulness to the receiver. So you're the receiver. How is this greatest gift useful for you? Why do you need it? Now let's travel back in time in the beginning 
God created the heavens and the earth. He spoke creation into existence. All the trees, all the bees, all the birds, all the animal herds, the sea and land, everything was according to his perfect plan. And you know what God said? God said, it was good. But the only thing that God didn't speak into existence was man and women. He created them in his own image. So we, we are in the likeness of God. And God said it was very good. So in the beginning, everything was very good. Everything was perfect. Everything was safe. There was no death. There was no disease. There was no sickness. Everything was good. But then man sinned. Man sinned and it caused us to be separated from God. Now, what is sin? Why did sin separate us from God? Sin can be described as missing the mark. So let's say I'm aiming at this Christmas tree and I go to throw it at the Christmas tree and it goes that way. I've missed the mark by miles. We have missed God's mark. God has set a standard for us to be blameless, for us to be perfect. But every one of us here has probably said these lines, no one is what? No one is perfect. But sadly, that's the standard that God sets for everyone. Sin is doing things that we shouldn't do. And the things that we should do, we don't do. Sin is an attitude of rebellion against God, saying, God, you are not the Lord. You are not king. I am. Sin is the rebellious attitude towards our creator. Sin may look fun. It may entice you. You may think that you got control of sin. Oh, yeah, I got this. But before you know it, you become a slave to it. Before you know it, it tricks you into paying more than you should. And leave you in debt and there is nothing that could help you. Sin leads to judgment. It leads to wrath. It leads to death, eternal death. Now back to the passage. When, God's, when the Bible says in here, when it talks about the world that God loves, the world here, this word, the world, at first when we hear this, we all may seem like, oh, God loves the whole world. Oh, that's so nice of him. No, no, no. The word world here is the word cosmos in its original language. And this word cosmos, every time that the author mentions this word, it's in a negative light. It's in a bad light. The world was hostile towards God. The world didn't know God. The world rejected God. The world go against God. It, the world, Jesus says, if the world hates you, why? Because it first hate me. The world, it's a dark place. It's not nice, but it says here, this must have shocked the first readers in the first century when, when they read, God loves the world? What? How can he love something so broken, so corrupt? But he does. He loves the world. The world who were hostile towards God. The world who was God's enemies in opposition to God. That's why there's a gap. That's why there's this chasm. 
That's why we were separated from God. And instead of us perishing, I have good news to, for you. I have good news for us that God sends this gift. So we don't perish, but have eternal life. It's good news. It's like if you knew you have a terminal illness, whatever sickness it is, and you only have so much longer to live, and you've given up hope, and before you know it, there was a person that comes to you and offers you the cure to your terminal illness. Or if you were on a plane, and you know the plane is going down, and someone gives you a parachute. Is that not good news? Now that begs us the question, what is the gift that we received? What is the greatest? What is it? Some of you might have already figured it out. Sunday school answer. It's Jesus. And the Bible says Jesus is God. The gift was the giver. Which leads to my last point. How can the greatest, how can he be the greatest gift in history? The last point we're going to look at is, let's look at the cost. Let's look at the cost of the giver. Now, just think about all the gifts that you bought so far and for, for various recipients. Is it not true that if you really love someone, that gift that you prepared for them is usually more precious, more meaningful, more maybe it's self-made, it's more sacrificial for someone you love. But if you don't really care for someone, if you really don't like someone, you don't even care if that gift is cheap. It's usually cheap. And you don't even care if they like it or not. What is the cost? Because as the receivers, it's free for us. But to the giver, there is a price to pay. Maybe free for us, but it has cost God something. The Bible says that God is just. He is righteous. He cannot sweep sin under the rug and just, you know, just, oh, you did wrong and he just closed one eye. No, he can't do that. Someone, something must pay. I just want to ask you guys, who do you love most right now? Is there someone in this world that you just, just so love? Just so love. Parents, maybe it's your kids. I'm going to ask, who's the parents in here? Anybody? Anybody a parent? Joannis, I'm going to pick on you. Uh, can you come up? Can you come up? This is our brother, Joannis. Give him a round of applause, guys. Now, his wife just given birth to his second son last week. Let's celebrate that. Yeah. Elliot, little Elliot. Oh, he's so cute. Okay. Let me ask you, Joannis. Let's say one of your child, children, gets taken, like the movie. What would you do? Call them and tell them I'll find you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find you. <laughs> what if they were kidnapped and they were held ransom and there was a price to pay? Would you pay that price? He would. He would. 
What if there was a glass door standing between you and your little baby? What would happen to that glass door? Go down. Yeah. He would smash it. You understand? See, we're smashed. There's nothing that's going to stop it. Even if it's a wooden door, a brick wall, or a steel wall, he will find ways to get it to his, your baby, would you not? Thank you, Joanne. Give him a round of applause. That is, that is what a good father would do. That would what a good, any good parents would do. Even despite if your child is standing on the ledge of a cliff, about to fall, would you not run to them and grab hold of them? Would you still run to them even despite that they were the ones that walked there themselves? Even if they're in trouble, And if their life is threatened, even if you have to die, you would want them to live. That's what any good parents would do. And I want to talk about how God so loved that he paid this price, that he paid this cross on the cross. I want to talk about this great love that is so passionate, so unconventional, so unfathomable. The Bible says that we have all sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. It was sin that has started the clock of our death. It was sin that has separated us from God. And God says, because I so love them, I want them to be with me. The Bible also says that while we were still enemies with God, separated and hostile towards God, it says that Christ died for us. Christ was doing the work of reconciliation, of redeeming. He sent His Son down to find us, to pursue us. When we were kidnapped by sin and and the devil and hell, He sent His Son to go and search. No matter what type of obstacle and war, He will break through those and get to you. Even though what matter price that he has to pay, he would pay it and it cost him his life. The Bible says to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And that is around 2000 plus years ago. He did come into the flesh. He did come into our history in a manger because God so loved you because Jesus so loves you. Now, this last example that that I'm going to share with you is I heard this example from an American Asian pastor named Francis Chan. Now, I didn't really understand what he was saying until I had a child of my own. And so now I'm going to invite the band to come up to help me close. And I'm also going to invite Demi. Bring Ariel up. Ariel is my little daughter. Hey girl, how you doing? Hey girl. You happy baby? This is my daughter. Now, I know I had, you know, a good earthly dad, but I didn't know much about fatherhood until I became one myself. And only then did I start to understand more of the love of the father. When she was born, I just have this bond with her, like this 
fatherly instinct just awoke in me. And I just became so protective. I said to her, you know, daddy's not going to let anything happen to you. Daddy's not going to let you get hurt. Daddy's going to protect you from all the boys. (laughs) That's that's what I said. It's a true story. I just love her and I'm crazy about her. When she's sleeping, I just want to play with her. When when she cries, I, I laugh at her. Like it's just I'm crazy about my daughter. And I'm thinking, God, God, do you see me this way? Are you crazy about me? Like how I'm crazy about my daughter? And I tell you what, God is crazy about you so much more than any earthly parent can. It is, a per- it is a love so perfect. It is a love so pure. It is a love so unconditional. And I start letting my mind wander in. And I was thinking, God, you're a good father. You had a good son. But you sent him away. Now imagine, I'm just, I'm just imagining if, if someone took my baby Ariel and nailed her to that cross, nailed her to a cross as, as they spat on her, as they whipped her, as they tortured her, as the crowd as, as bigger than this yells, kill him, kill him, kill him. I don't know how I'll react for me, for me to watch my child on a cross when, when the crowd was the one that was guilty, when the crowd was the one that sinned, when the crowd was the one that was against me, while my child was innocent and holy and pure and blameless, but my child was the one that was dying. I don't know how I would react. As they yell out, kill him, kill him, and mock him, I'll be like, girl, you get off that cross. They're not worth it. But, thanks, dear. But God did that for us. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his not many. Not one of, but His one and only Son. He gave up Jesus because He so loved us. He, and Jesus was willing. Jesus says, Father, Father, I know. I know that you love them, that you love them so much. So do I. I know that they have sinned against you, that there is this separation. There is this chasm. I will come. I will be the bridge. I will die. I will pay the price for their sins. I will take the wrath. And so they can take my righteousness. I will take their place so they can take your, so they can take my place by your side. God's love towards you needs no reciprocation. God's love towards you is not about Him making a deal where He keeps His end of the the deal and you keep your end of the deal. 
No, no, it's not about you trying to work your way and trying to do good, go to church, do ministry, and then only then can you receive this gift. No, 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 no. It is not a deal. Let me get this straight to you. He loves you and the gift is already given. Now, the only thing that you need to do is believe. The Bible says, whoever believes, not just good people, not just a certain race of people, the people that have it together. He says, whoever believes. That's how you take this gift tonight. That's how you take the greatest gift tonight. And you believe that, yeah, Christ paid for my sins. He, be, he who knew no sin became sin so I can become the righteousness of God. That when God looks at me now, He does not see a sinner. He sees Christ in me. That, that I am now blessed, that I am now loved, and now I'm also His child. He gives the Spirit in me so I can also cry out, Abba, Father, I now also am a child of God because my big brother Jesus has paved the way. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, Jesus, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. God bless you, church.